0: Hello, and welcome to Creepy Core and Folklore, the show about creatures, encounters, old tales, and myths. I'm your host, Iona Wayland, a dark fantasy author, mental health professional, and overall curious person. I want to join other spooky souls and hear about these unusual stories. Hello, Spooky Soul, and welcome back to episode 21. This time, I'm going to cover some kitty positivity because last episode that i would used all about cats, it was called Curiosity Cat, if you wanna give it a listen. It was ridiculously negative related to our feline friends and (laughs) it made me really sad because I love cats I know I said before, I am equally a cat and dog person as well as a horse and bunny and chicken person because we have a, our whole fam damily is filled with a menagerie of animals on our farmette. But I was like really upset when it was so negative. Um, the Curiosity Cat episode had lore and legend legends related to cats specifically, but I vowed <laughs> That's a dramatic word, but I'm going to use it to have a positive episode. So I'm calling this one Kitty Positivity, where I go in there with confirmation bias to make sure that I cover only positive information about our kitty friends. Let's get into these wonderful myths about cats. The first one I've written down is a Scandinavian mythology In Norse mythology specifically, there's the goddess of fertility and love, beauty, war, and gold. And her name's Freya. And Freya actually travels by chariot, pulled by two cats. In Russian folklore, these two cats are named Baigul and Treygul. And they're considered blue. Uh, They have like a blue coat and blue coloring to them and they were given to Freya by Thor. And it's funny because I was like, I wonder why, or I wonder if this is related to the very gorgeous breed of cat that's blue called Russian Blues, and I looked it up, and it is. That's why the Russian blue cat is so renowned because they're related to, or said to through mythology, be related to by ghoul and Trigul. It's interesting, too, because sometimes um farmers will leave offerings for Baigul and trigul. And leaving these offerings for these cats, these, you know, cosmic cats, so to speak, is supposed to bring on a bountiful harvest. It's interesting too because if you go specifically to Norwegian folklore and depictions of Freya, um, she's pulled by two cats as well. But they are said instead of to be Russian blues, they are said to be the Norwegian forest cats. They're depicted in that way. And I don't know if you've ever seen imagery of the Norwegian forest cats, but they look like ancient wizards. (laughs) They're so fluffy, so fluffy puffy, but they're like humongous and practically feral. They're known for having like a really like, intense temperament, and they're very good hunters. And they, it's so funny to see something so, like, ferocious in such a fluffy form in the midst of, like, winter scenery and stuff. It's really neat. Um, But Norwegian forest cats have a bit of a mythology around them, and they are supposedly able to see, like, if you look into their eyes, um, you can see the fairy realm. And I found this really fascinating because I'm so interested in divination. I've been getting way better. And there's actually been a couple things recently with private like, I mean, I can't give actual private readings because I'm not a professional in that sense. Um, But I've done private readings for friends. And then uh, like a couple days, weeks, or sometimes months later. So it's not like, the most timely of readings, but they'll tell me that things I said came true and that the symbols I saw in the in my crystal ball, which I still need to name. I think you're supposed to name crystal balls, but I could be wrong. Um, but they said that things I saw in my orb was that in my sphere was were things that came true. And I thought this was really interesting because That type of divination is a form of scrying. Um, I'm going to have to do a future episode on scrying and the history behind it because you can do it with any reflective surface, whether it's water or glass, um, mirrors, that kind of thing, or, you know, like how I do with my crystal ball. Um, It's really interesting that they almost brought up, it seems to me, that's at least how I'm interpreting it, is that if you look into a Norwegian forest cat's eyes, that in their reflection, you can see the fairy realm. I think that's very interesting, especially because there's also a lot of mythology of like the reflection world. Like there's a whole other realm that exists in reflections of things and that's our only way of seeing them. There's also mythology surrounding cats in Christianity. Um, If you're unfamiliar with the tale of Noah's Ark, then I can recount it for you. Um, so there was going to be this great flood that wiped out all of humankind in the whole entire earth. And God told Noah to build an ark and that he and his family would be spared from this great flood. And there is supposed to be two of every animal to board the ark. However, in this um, telling or rendition of Noah's ark, that's favorable of cat's. There was one animal that was missing, which were the cats. And Noah and his family faced starvation and they prayed for a miracle as the great floods swept their ark away. And as they they say for 40 days and 40 nights is the terminology that they were stuck on this ark. I remember learning um, in school at one point take when I took a theology class. So, you know, a very learned person on this. <laughs> I kid, I, I only have a, a limited knowledge about theology, but I do find it fascinating. And um, something that the professor brought up was how the term 40 days and 40 nights isn't supposed to be taken literally. I mean, you know, it's up for everybody's interpretation. Anyone can interpret anything however they wish to do so. Um, but originally that was a phrase that meant a really, really long time because it's not fully known how long the Great Flood lasted anyway. Um, Or whether or not to take the Noah's Ark story as literal or not. That's something that's up for debate. But anyway, they were on this giant ark for a long-ass time. (laughs) Um, Maybe 40 days and 40 nights, maybe longer. Um, And they were praying for a miracle because... They were running; they had run out of food, or were running out of food, and the what was left of their rations, and the d- different habitats for all the different animals that were like blessed with getting along for that trip, were overtaken by rats. And so, as they prayed for this miracle, um, there was actually a male and female pair that came from the ma- the mouths of the male and female lions. And the the lions roared and had a big yawn. And then these um, cat, a male and female cat came out of their mouth, like the house cat. And they uh, killed all the rats or like down to one male and one female rat. And um, they were rewarded by Noah and by God by leading the procession of animals off the ark. And it said through legend, that's why cats walk so proudly today quote, as if they're leading a great parade, end quote. So I thought that was cute because I cannot tell you how many times I've seen a cat strut around with their tail straight up. Sometimes their tail flick back and forth. It's very cute, but you can tell they feel fine as hell as they're walking out, (laughs) walking around. So I think that's cool that they have kind of like a little bit of a mythology behind them. In Poland, there is a spring willow tree called the pussy willow. And they get their fuzzy buds every year. Um, They're noted for those, uh, that part of them. And it's said that this came from uh, a litter of kittens were chasing butterflies and the entire litter fell into the river and began to drown And the mother cat cried and cried for help. And it was a great willow tree that was growing over the river and reached its long branches down to save them. And the kittens clung to the willow branches so that they wouldn't be rushed away by the river's current. And every place where the kittens claws clung, that's where the buds grew each spring that were fuzzy. And therefore, that's why it's called the pussy willow. And I think that's really cool. Also, I have tried several times to keep like a pussy willow alive. I can't do it. <laughs> they're really hard for me for some reason, but I think they're very beautiful. And I think they're technically like a bush, but then you trim them in a certain way, like through topiary um, to make them look like a tree. So I thought that was neat. In Islam, there is the Prophet Muhammad. Um, He's who founded the Islamic religion and said to have had a great love of cats. And cats would often fall asleep in his sleeve um, in Muhammad's robe. There are like these stories about how there were like cats or kittens that would fall asleep in his sleeve because they love snuggling with him so much. And um, he wouldn't want to wake them. And so he would cut off his sleeve so that they could stay snug without him waking them up. And I think this is really cute because I used to put kittens in my sleeves. I've been really involved with cat rescue pretty much my entire life. I think it comes with the territory of living out in the middle of nowhere. A lot of people will unfortunately drop off their animals. And so I made... Uh, it kind of like my mission. Um, I still do this too to capture the kittens or and adult cats too if I can and get them fixed. And and that that just means like make sure they're they're neutered or spayed so they can't reproduce and then make sure that they have all their shots and stuff. And then sometimes I would adopt them out. And if they were really feral, then they would just become barn cats. But it's really sweet hearing about Muhammad doing that. Um, or these stories about him maybe doing that. Because I used to put little kittens in my sleeves, and they love nestling in and they felt all safe and warm in there. And I was like, I'm the queen of cats. (laughs) So I think it's just very endearing. And yet another reason to love Muhammad. Uh, Muhammad was also said to have laid his hands on his favorite tabby cat's forehead. And that's how he liked to scratch his favorite tabby cat. And that's why they say that there's of the letter M marking on the foreheads of tabby cats. And um, if you haven't seen like a tabby cat marking before, that's one of their like identifying features is having that quote M on their forehead. I think that's pretty cool. So I was, I had no idea, but Japan has this intense love of cats. Um, they are generally loved in the, the entire culture there are these there's this kitty talisman that is well known it's called the maneki nako aka the beckoning cat um i you have definitely seen them before and i always wondered why they were in different like shops that had a more um japanese theme or owned by a japanese family um it's really interesting too it makes me wonder where you've seen the beckoning cat before or if you've seen the beckoning cat before because it's really cute um but it's said to have saved the life of a japanese lord by waving him into the Gotokuji Temple, moments before lightning struck the spot he'd just been standing in. And so this cat was credited for saving the Lord's life. And now the beckoning cat or the Maneki Neko is the symbol of wealth, happiness, and harmony. And it's often given as a gift for good luck. And these kinds of talismans are often seen in like revered and they're kept in like pagodas and they're said to also guard over priceless manuscripts what i also found very interesting is that in japan in the 10th century only nobility could own cats um that no commoner no mere commoner without divinely monarch filled blood could own a cat and i think that's very interesting in the life pathway of Buddhism, um, it's said to respect all living things. And this respect for living things kind of reflects in the belief system of reincarnation. It's said that as you are a better and better soul, basically, I'm saying this really poorly, so bear with me here. But um, your goal is to do no harm and to be a good soul. And as you die and are reborn in different forms you kind of like go up this ladder of um, better and better beings and it's with that in mind that like as a human you can be reincarnated as any species so always to be gentle kind and care for strays specifically cats because that is often what is seen as strays so there's this cat legend um there's a Buddhist sect from the kingdoms of Siam in Burma, which is so cool because it's like, oh, a Siamese cat, Burmese cat, that kind of thing. Um, and the holiest and most pious of souls will not actually reincarnate, but instead when they, their body dies, those souls will reside in a cat after their body's death. And when the cat dies, both the, Their soul and the cat's souls will ascend to paradise. And I think that is so cool. There's also like a Buddhist thought or kind of like omen to see different cats as. So if you happen to see a dark colored cat or a dark colored cat crosses your path, then it's said that you are going to get gold. And if a lighter colored cat runs into you or you happen to see them, it's supposed to be an omen of silver, getting silver in the future this was uh, suggested when I was ranting and raving about how the curiosity cat episode didn't have any good like representation. Like it was all negative representation of cat lore pretty much. Um, Someone, well, not just one person, a couple people were like, oh, you should do ancient Egypt. Uh, Ancient Egyptian lore behind cats is incredible. And that was definitely something I kept in mind. I was like, wow, I can't believe I forgot to to do ancient Egypt. Cats are a huge part of the culture. So there's often like big cat symbology. So lions, leopards, and also like domesticated cats as well. They're a symbol of power and virility. In Mesopotamia, um, Bast or Pasht, was often worshiped. She's an ancient Egyptian goddess who's in charge of happiness, pleasure, dancing, and warmth of the sun, which I just think sounds totally gorgeous. And she is her symbology is to be cats. Cats represent her. And she also has said to have a feline face or a face of a cat. She's also the goddess of sorcery, beneficence, joy, dance, and fertility. In China, there's Li Cho or Chu. I didn't, I couldn't find a pronunciation suggestion for um, this god. It's the god of fertility and has feline essence to it. There was actually, there were actually sacrifices made at the end of harvests to Li Chu. Um, it's also a Chinese omen, so to speak, or symbol that the older and kind of like crinklier the cat was, like the older cats, means that it's even more luck, like the luckier it becomes to have around. In ancient India, there is a cat goddess named Sasth, And this is another one where unfortunately, I wasn't able to like confirm if I'm saying her name correctly or not. But um she is the deity of maternity and i thought that was really beautiful especially because i really i i know i've talked about it before but my pregnancy was very high risk um very scary um and a lot it like just not not good um there was a lot of things going on and i really relied on my dogs and cats for comfort. And of course, my husband was amazing. Like he, I couldn't ask for a better partner. Um, But it just like, the cats would like lay next to me or like purr, just hearing them purr was helpful. Of course, I stayed away from, you know, the cat litter, things like that, and making sure I wasn't exposed to anything that could harm me or the baby. But Just having them around was so comforting. And then same thing with the dogs, too. So I guess that kind of goes. And you know what? The horses were very sweet. They used to, like, do little nose breaths on my tummy. I just think it's really comforting to think about Sast as a deity of maternity. In Ireland, during the first century, there is a cat-headed god, which looks like a huge black cat, um... He or a bipedal black cat, and his name is Aruskon, also known as King of the Cats. And what I also think is really fun is that just like the uh, Chinese belief behind the older the cat, the luckier it is, and um the Buddhist belief of like dark colored cats mean gold and light colored cats mean silver a tortoise shell means good fortune so I think I'm just like surrounded by luck because per- pearl is a torby which is a tortoise shell tabby cat mixed together and that is seen favorably from the Prophet Muhammad and um from the Irish first century belief. And then I'm extra lucky too, because Cranberry is my floofy black cat. I'm not sure if Kachu, my very flat faced, very lovely Persian floof boy would be considered lucky. <laughs> he looks so ridiculous. He's like ugly cute. I love him so much. But so far, what I've been researching uh really hasn't shown him to be any kind of luck but you're you're a lucky fluffy guy to me you are i say to him as he's laid like completely sprawled out like a starfish it's said for and i brought this up briefly in the curiosity cat episode but i want to reiterate it again here um with wedding practices there's different beliefs behind cats so in france if a white cat is mewing in front of your doorstep. It's said to that you're going to be married soon. Okay, there's Kachu. He's a white cat and he meows constantly. Uh, I'm already married. <laughs> so uh, he's a little late. And um, but yeah, there's that. And then in Southern England, a black cat, oh, Cranberry's showing up again, and she just happened to walk by me just now. It's probably because I'm screaming her name into a microphone. Um, but it said that it's good luck to be given as a wedding gift. And it said that if a bride hears a cat sneeze on her wedding day, that good th- tidings are to come. And the last little tidbit I have about cats being wonderful feline creatures is that uh, they're often considered lucky, especially polydactyl cats. And I've, you know, rescued a couple polydactyl cats in like a rehab kind of way, but I don't have any polydactyl cats. But one of my good friends uh, has a polydactyl cat, and she loves him very much. But they're considered a good luck charm. And It's really interesting, too, because sailors traveling to America would bring these polydactyl cats onto the ship with them. Oh, I forgot to say polydactyl just means extra toes. It's really cute because sometimes the polydactyl cats like will have so many toes that it looks like they have mittens on (laughs) Just like toes galore, and sometimes they have extra toe beans. It's really cute. Um, but the sailors, uh, when traveling to America, would bring these polydactyl cats with them on the ship, and that's why there's so many polydactyl cats in New England today. Which I thought was like, wow! I never, I always wondered why there's such an influx there, but it's a, it's a dominant trait. So if polydactyl cats breed with others, most of their children, if not all of their children or offspring will have the extra toes. So I'm really happy to share some kitty positivity with you today. I hope that um, if you have any uh, fun kitties in your home that you give them an extra scratch or treat if they're not like (laughs) the snuggly type. Um, And I hope that you found these (laughs) these pieces of information interesting. (laughs) Um, I know that I really liked looking up all these different cool omens uh, that are, you know, connotated with cats. Thank you for listening and I will talk to you next week. Thanks to all you spooky souls out there for listening to Creepy Core and Folklore. Follow on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok if you're looking for more uncanny content. If you have your own tales to tell, you can email creepycoreandfolklore at gmail.com. If you liked this, please leave a review wherever you get your podcasts, or tell a friend who might enjoy these stories to spread the word. If you're interested in dark fantasy, check out my Hollowverse series. Ashes is available now in paperback and ebook on Amazon, and audiobook on Audible, and the sequel is underway. I'm Iona Wayland.